You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a bootcamp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to the October 2019 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Imogen. And we are from the Course Report team, which means that each month we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read and chatted about in the Course Report office, and we share it with you. And this is a special episode because it's Imogen's last episode. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. Well, we're really going to miss having her voice and thoughts on this podcast, but because it's her last, this is going to be our best roundup ever. So stay tuned. (laughs) Imogen, what are we going to talk about this month? So we're going to talk about some fall fundraisers and one bootcamp for sale. There are some exciting scholarships and initiatives for financing bootcamp. We'll look at the status of bootcamps and why more colleges are launching bootcamps. We'll also look at why companies like IBM might hire bootcamp grads, and we'll talk specifically about design bootcamps, which we don't get to do often. And then, of course, we will tell you about all of the new coding bootcamps and school updates like new campuses. Plus, we'll talk through our favorite articles that we wrote for the Course Report blog in October. So we've seen a steady stream of fundraisers throughout the year, but in October, we saw three multi-million dollar funding announcements. It must be fundraising fall. <laughs> Liz, tell us which big boot camp raised money this month. Sure. According to Business Den, Galvanize has raised another $13.44 million from 14 investors. Their CEO, Harsh Patel, says that Galvanize does not expect to raise more outside capital because more of its locations are becoming profitable. Remember that Galvanize acquired Hack Reactor last year. Harsh was the CEO of Hack Reactor. Now he's the CEO of Galvanize. And he said that Galvanize plans to open more locations for its coding school in early to mid-2020, but didn't say which cities, just that they'll be outside of Colorado. And he also says that they are now on a hiring spree for instructors in both the coding and the data science boot camps. So interesting news. Yeah. And then online tech sales bootcamp FlockJ has raised $2.98 million in new funding with celebrity backers such as Will Smith and Serena Williams. FlockJ founder Sean Hathiramani talks to Fast Company about why he founded the bootcamp and says that since the bootcamp launched in January, 50% of graduates have been women, 70% have been people of color, and 40% don't have a four-year degree. Fast Company quotes Serena Williams as saying, quote, FlockJ is helping to add more diversity. It is helping make everyday lives of everyday people better by giving them the skill and opportunities previously not afforded to them. End quote. The article also talks to a FlockJ grad who has found success since graduating. 
Well, congrats to Flock J. And in North Carolina, Momentum, which is a coding boot camp in Durham, has raised $2.75 million in funding from Clarkston Consulting. Their CEO, Jessica Mish, who also worked at the Iron Yard years ago, says that the funds will go towards strengthening its existing immersive full-time and part-time courses and hiring for marketing positions, instructors, and career services. So congrats to them. Yeah, congrats. And then Yahoo News reports that Edly, an income share agreement marketplace that works with boot camps, recently closed a debt financing round with Variant Investments. The New York-based company says it will use the funds to facilitate more income share agreement programs, but the amount was actually not disclosed. The article explains that Edley offers liquidity to schools through its capital market of funds and accredited investors, and Edley works with boot camps like Holburton School, The School, Bottega, Sabio, and Claim Academy. And finally, Dev League, which is a coding boot camp in Hawaii, is selling the company. Dev League was founded in 2013 by co-founders Russell Chang and Jason Sewell. And Island Business and Commercial Brokerage has Dev League listed for sale at $299,000. So that's interesting news if you're in the market. Yeah, well, I wonder what will happen to the students. I hope someone awesome buys it and continues teaching people to code in Hawaii. For sure. I think they're the only boot camp in Hawaii at this point. So I definitely agree. And they're also approved for the GI Bill. So they're definitely doing interesting stuff in Hawaii. So we'll keep y'all updated if anything changes there. Well, it's great to see those schools raising money, but what about funding for students to go to a boot camp? Boot camp tuition and living costs and the opportunity costs that it takes while you're not working can definitely be expensive. And this month, we read a number of articles about scholarships and other initiatives to help students afford a coding boot camp. So Imogen, why don't you start with uh, the story about Hyperion Dev? Yeah, so Hyperion Dev Coding Bootcamp in South Africa is offering full scholarships to three South Africans with great tech ideas. To apply, prospective students need to post their idea for a website, game, or app on their social media platforms and explain their idea via a drawing or in writing and tag Hyperion in the post with the hashtag changewithcode. And the deadline for that is October 31st. And then Santander, the bank, is partnering with Latin Code School Digital House to deliver a five-month full-stack development course in Sao Paulo, Brazil. The bank is going to offer 240 full scholarships for the program, and then graduates could be interviewed at Santander. Wow, that's a lot of scholarships. That's awesome. Right? They must be planning to do a lot of, to teach a lot of students, so. Yeah. And then Target is donating $250,000 to the University of Minnesota to boost their cybersecurity program. GovernmentTechnology.com reports that the University of Minnesota offers a cybersecurity boot camp as well as a securities degree. The gift from Target will be used for scholarships, fellowships, and grants, as well as course curriculum and opportunities to connect with professionals in the field. Target's Chief Information Security Officer, Rich Agostino, says Target doesn't necessarily need to hire more cybersecurity workers right now, but the, quote, mission is inspiring the next generation of cybersecurity leaders, end quote. I love that. What a cool place to invest in. 
And Galvanize, again, talking about Galvanize, has been approved to accept veterans via the Vet Tech program. And a publication called Clearance Jobs looks at that new Vet Tech program and dives into the coding boot camps that have been approved so far, including Code Platoon and Galvanize. We're going to do a blog post specifically about Vet Tech soon because more and more schools are becoming approved for this program, and it's really interesting. But for now, that is great news for folks with GI benefits or veterans who have already used up those education benefits because either type of veteran can participate in the Vet Tech program. Yeah, that seems like such an exciting initiative for veterans. And then the Black Wall Street Times looks at Holburton School's new Tulsa campus and how the school is partnering with local organizations to offer a discounted income share agreement, a needs-based living assistance stipend, and subsidized dorms. One of Holburton's partner organizations, the George Kaiser Family Foundation, wants to enhance Tulsa's workforce. Executive Director of the Foundation, George Levitt, says, quote, We are enthusiastic about Holburton's commitment to creating economic opportunity for a diverse group of students and for the contribution the school will make in preparing the workforce of Tulsa, end quote. And I also just interviewed Holburton's campus director in Tulsa, Libby, so look out for that article on the blog. Very cool. So many interesting incentives there. And Imogen, we've been talking about this in the office all week, but what a cool way to like reduce the brain drain in Tulsa by actually like putting your money where your mouth is and giving those discounted ISAs and um, living assistance to people who stay in Tulsa. Totally. Yeah. Well, Boston Inno profiles the founder and executive director of free coding bootcamp Resilient Coders, David Delmar Sentius. And Resilient Coders is a nonprofit coding bootcamp that trains people of color for high growth careers, such as software engineers, and connects them with full time jobs. David talks about how he got into tech and his goals for the future of resilient coders. And ultimately, I really loved this quote. He says, quote, my goal is to be obsolete. I want our alumni to tell their grandchildren that they got their start at a coding boot camp for people of color. And I want those grandchildren to ask why the hell people of color would need their own boot camp. End quote. That's nice. So who is going to these coding boot camps and how are they doing? We've read several articles about bootcamp students, their backgrounds, and what they're up to. So Liz, tell us about the article you read on money.com. Well, sure. Of course, age really doesn't matter when it comes to programming. We've interviewed tons of people who are all over the age spectrum, and there are pros and cons to being any type of, you know, any age when you're learning to code. But money.com looks at how older Americans are going to coding boot camps these days to switch careers. As retirees continue to live longer, there's an increasing push to get into tech. And we actually got some rare, interesting stats about Trilogy from this money.com article, which notoriously tough to get our hands on. But at Trilogy, 18% of its students are over 40. And at Rice University's coding boot camps, about one quarter of students to date are over 40. And at the University of Oregon's Continuing and Professional Education School boot camp, around one fifth of the students are over 40. And that's all according to the AARP. Wow, those stats are fascinating. That's awesome. And then a contributor for Forbes wrote an article about how a woman reconciled her debt and quit her job to go to coding boot camp. Carmen Perez went to General Assembly and received a full scholarship from the Connecticut Tech Town Fund. 
Carmen shares how she learned how to budget and pay off her debt and then moved from NYC to Connecticut to both lower her living expenses and be able to get the scholarship at General Assembly. She has now launched a website to share tips about being financially independent called Make Real Sense, and that's sense spelled C-E-N-T-S. Cool. That's just another great example of a city or a state like investing in keeping technical talent in their actual city or state in the case of Connecticut. So very cool. And WitBank News highlights a young South African woman, Dimfo Mashile, who has been selected for Academy AI's Artificial Intelligence Bootcamp in Spain. She says, quote, I am passionate about data science and its endless possibilities. It is imperative that the people analyzing the data must have lived the story in order to tell and improve it. Data science allows everyone to be seen and understood and better served, but only if they are considered and form part of the data set. It is also important that women in marginalized groups form part of the conversation in order to develop inclusive solutions, end quote. So good luck to Dimfo. So nice to hear that these women and older people are finding value in coding boot camps. Yes, always cool to see people outside of the like typical programmer getting into tech. Now, as the industry progresses, we continue to see schools sharing their alumni outcomes in various ways. Of course, there's CIRR, which is by far the rubric that most schools follow. So it's definitely easiest to compare apples to apples. But more recently, we've seen the launch of new outcomes rubrics and the status of coding boot camps continues to evolve. So Imogen, tell us about To Use new outcomes rubric. Yeah, so 2U is a company that produces curriculum for online degree programs, and they just launched a new rubric for reporting outcomes for online program management. The new framework focuses on on a number of things, oversight and accountability, marketplace openness, access, affordability, quality, and outcomes. They obviously haven't released any of outcomes or statistics yet so I'm not sure what this is actually going to look like but I think one of the most interesting things about this is that 2U owns Trilogy Education which runs coding boot camps at universities. So on this podcast we've talked before about Trilogy and how they actually don't report outcomes at the moment but maybe this new development with 2U means that that's going to change in future. And Tech Republic looks at the impact coding schools are having on the tech industry and also on individuals in tech and salaries. This article really dives into CIRR outcomes. And I just mentioned CIR or CIRR. It's the Council on Integrity and Results Reporting. And through it, boot camps report their outcomes. And when, you know, 40 or 50 schools are reporting those outcomes in the same way, using the same rubric, they become much more meaningful. So in this Tech Republic article, they point out that the claims that many of these code schools make can sound like get-rich-quick schemes. You know, 94% of our graduates work in tech and make an average of $80,000, and you can too. Definitely can sound like a get-rich-quick scheme. But with SEER, you can kind of peek behind the curtain And uh, Tech Republic does just that. I think they do a little bit of research on the SEER website. And they point out that uh, at the Software Guild, Louisville, 72% of students graduated on time and 88.9% were employed in tech within 180 days of graduation and earned a median salary of about $44,000. 
And at Hack Reactor at Galvanize in New York City, 83% graduated on time and about 74% were employed in tech within 180 days. And their median salary was 95000 And I think this article kind of points out that when graduates live or stay in New York, obviously those salaries are going to be higher. So kind of an interesting nod to those schools that are actually participating in SEER. Yeah, nice to get an insight into that. And we've been continually seeing college which teach traditional subjects try to stay relevant over the years by launching coding boot camps. Liz, tell us what the New York Times reported about what colleges are doing to keep up enrollments in 2019. Yeah, John Marcus from the New York Times looked at the survival strategies that colleges are using to stay current. Moody's projects that universities are closing now at a pace of about 15 per year, so not trivial. So some are trying to, you know, reduce tuition, others are adding new degree programs, and of course, others are partnering with boot camps. So Marcus highlights the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga, which is teaming up with the coding school Thinkful, and Rice University, which is partnering with Trilogy. As Marcus says, those universities were worried about losing customers to boot camps, you know, a few years ago, and now they're partnering with them. Um, and it can be easy to assume that Trilogy is leading the charge in those partnerships, because that's who we hear about all the time. But Imogen, who is new to the game? So Goldie Blumenstick from the Chronicle of Higher Education also looks at the current status of coding boot camps, including which ones are partnering with colleges. She mentions a new partnership that General Assembly has formed with Noodle Partners to develop boot camps with colleges, including the University of Virginia. Noodle Partners founder John Katzman predicts that GA could have up to 50 college partnerships within two years and be a real competitor for Trilogy Education. Goldie also looks at outcomes and graduation stats on coding boot camps, mentioning some course report data, some more SEER data, and also looks at how Trilogy Education does not currently publish outcomes data, which we just mentioned before. They might start publishing it with to use new framework for reporting outcomes. Absolutely. This October, Meg Miller from Fast Company really dove into whether traditional design degrees are still relevant, especially in light of the design UX UI boot camps like General Assembly and Flatiron School. As the concept of design has expanded, you know, art schools and traditional four-year design programs are kind of feeling the need to provide more specialized offerings. And boot camps can obviously teach a highly specified skill really quickly and in some cases more cheaply than, than a university. The most interesting perspective I found in this article was from Seth Johnson, IBM's program director of designer practices and community, who says that they have hired graduates of both General Assembly and Austin Center for Design. And he says, quote, we actually seek them out and acknowledge that they are just as primed to start their careers as designers at IBM as students who went to a more traditional four-year program. And Johnson also points to diversity as a key reason that they don't require employees have a traditional degree. He says, quote, we want to make sure that our design teams are not all staffed with people who have come from the same socioeconomic background, end quote. And the author, Meg Miller, concludes that this means, you know, opening jobs up to people who might not be able to afford the tuition for a four-year undergraduate degree. 
which is really cool for IBM. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think we've heard before about how IBM does now hire people without college degrees, but it's nice to hear about the UX kind of side of things. Track. Yeah. yeah, I haven't mm-hmm. heard that before. That's awesome. Well, we always read a lot of articles with tips for people considering a boot camp every month. So here are two pieces that stood out in October. Yeah, so one of them was an article that Tech Beacon put together, which is a guide to preparing for boot camp, including an explanation of what boot camps are, what to look for, and then the author goes through and actually compares 24 different coding boot camps in terms of their campus options, curriculum, outcomes data, and quality of instructors. So I think that's a pretty useful article if you are trying to choose which boot camp to go to. And Tech Republic looks at the best programming languages to learn to land a great job. Spoiler alert, like everything in tech, it depends on who you ask. But one perspective in this article came from Joel Spolsky, who's the co-founder of Stack Overflow. And he recommends that programmers learn a lower level language such as C. He says, quote, coding in C gives programmers a better idea of what the computer is actually doing in that it is a low level language whose instructions more closely resemble those being executed by the computer's CPU rather than those of a high level language. This is a question that we get all the time also about which programming language to choose when you go to a coding bootcamp. And so I actually just published an article about this, choosing your first programming language. We compare uh, Ruby, Python, JavaScript, C Sharp, .NET, Java, iOS, all of the languages. And yeah, it's a nice comparison. And it kind of like pulls in a lot of advice from other from instructors that we've talked to over the years and folks who have learned those languages at boot camps. Totally. I, I love that article. I think it's it's proving super useful. So we've heard a lot about scholarships and who is going to boot camp and how to prepare for boot camp, but what are recruiters actually looking for? Liz, tell us what employers are looking for in data science hires. Well, TDWI looks at how to grow a data scientist in the workplace. They're kind of looking internally. Obviously, data scientists need technical knowledge, Python, R, SQL, and they suggest that you can get that through a data science program like through a university or an organized boot camp. But this article also points out that a good data scientist has domain knowledge and curiosity. And because of that, the author suggests looking in-house for high potential candidates and then training them to become data scientists. That's awesome. And then IDG Connect interviews James Mason, the CTO of Muso, an analytics company in London, about his background, his management style, and hiring techniques. And one of the interesting questions they asked him was, what is one unique initiative that you've employed over the last 12 months that you're really proud of? And his answer was, quote, the initiatives that bubble up from within the team are the ones I'm most proud of. An example would be several team members teaching at Coding Bootcamp, which led us to hiring and mentoring the course's best students off the back of this and changing our approach to team growth away from 100% recruitment of experienced developers to start nurturing talent. And I think that sounds like a great way for companies to hire new talent and yeah. other companies should take note. <laughs> Could not imagine a more like ringing endorsement of working with a bootcamp. That's amazing. Yeah. And talking of bootcamps partnering with companies, UK Coding Bootcamp North Coders is partnering with another coding academy on the beach. Maybe we remember this as like Ruby on the beach. They do, they typically do 
boot camps in like tropical destination spots. And they're partnering to train students in JavaScript, C Sharp, and Ruby. North Coders is going to teach six of the nine weeks of the program. And then apparently graduates will be offered permanent roles at On the Beach after they finish. So kind of an interesting partnership. And then Forbes looks at the process of landing a software job and how offering an objective skills assessment could be the key for companies to hire a more diverse workforce. Contributor Kim Elsesser profiles CodeSignal, a Silicon Valley tech company which has developed a standardized test to screen job applicants and has since hired coding bootcamp graduates like a woman called Cynthia who went to Rhythm School. Cool. And then continuing with this sort of women and tech theme, Built in Chicago looks at how five Chicago tech companies are empowering women on their teams. DocuSign talks about how they make sure women in tech roles are considered for promotions just as much as men and is trying to diversify their leadership team. Next Capital is revamping their recruiting efforts to eliminate bias. And Flatiron School's Chicago campus aims to always have 50% women in each cohort and partners with a number of women-focused organizations. So great work going on there in Chicago. Definitely. And next up, let's run through all of the newest Coding Bootcamp campuses and announcements from October. There are a few of these, so we'll run through them kind of quickly. But let's start with some brand new schools. Imogen, tell us about a new bootcamp in the UK. Yeah, so Yahoo Finance reports that a new Coding Bootcamp is launching in Birmingham, UK to train adults in data and software. The Code Academy is run by artificial intelligence firm SideTrade and will be free for 12 students. Graduates of the program will then have the chance to interview for jobs at SideTrade. And since we're on that side of the pond, this month a publication called EU Startups looked at the status of tech skills in the European Union. Code Cool, a bootcamp with campuses in Poland, Hungary and Romania, published a report which found that in the last 10 years, the number of tech specialists has increased by more than 40%. It also found that in 2020, the European labour market would have a shortage of 670,000 tech specialists. And the article concludes that Europe needs to educate more people in tech skills and notes that coding bootcamps are a quick way for people to learn those new skills. Uh, That's really interesting data. Very interesting. We always kind of talk about the BLS data for the US, but very cool to read about the European labor market. And then four new university boot camps launched in October. Northeast Iowa Community College and the University of Dubuque are launching an eight-week web design boot camp. And then Yahoo Finance covers Trilogy's newest boot camp at Carleton University in Ottawa. According to 10 News, the University of San Diego is launching a cybersecurity bootcamp that's powered by Full Stack Academy. And finally, Coding Dojo is partnering with Bellevue College to offer a 12-week program of coding classes designed for working professionals. Lots of college bootcamps, as we yes, talked about before. I know. It seems like we need a whole new section of this podcast that's just for new college bootcamps every month. Yeah, very exciting. And then the South African Data Science School Explore Data Science Academy has launched a new money-back guarantee and some new courses in machine learning and data engineering. Meme Burn reports that the current job placement rate at Explore Data Science Academy is 90%, and with this new guarantee, the application process will be very tough. 
And according to the Jamaica Observer, Utah-based VC Paul Alstrom wants to bring the Bottega Coding Bootcamp to Jamaica. At a conference in October, Paul renewed his promise to train 1,000 full-stack Jamaican developers. That timeline has slipped a little, and he now expects the Alta Dev Bottega Coding Bootcamp to start up in the first quarter of 2020. And then with support from the Opportunity Calgary Investment Fund, Lighthouse Labs is launching its web development bootcamp in Calgary. Lighthouse Labs currently operates a small satellite campus in Calgary, but with this new partnership, they hope to graduate 300 software developers by 2021. And finally, let's talk about the press that Lambda School got in October, which was plenty. Some was good, some was bad. First, DICE looked deeper into Lambda School's fine from the BPPE in California. We talked about this in last month's podcast because we heard about it like at the end of September. But apparently California has ordered Lambda School to cease all operations and pay a $75,000 fine. It seems like Lambda School obtained a business license in the city of Pleasanton, California, but then the BPPE says that they failed to register as a school. And Lambda School CEO Austin Allred told Business Insider that the order was stayed because Lambda was negotiating with the BPPE. But according to this article in DICE, the California Department of Consumer Affairs says that there is no stay in effect and there's been no appeal of its decision. So we will try to keep you updated on any new information that we get about that fine. But for now, it seems like Lambda School is continuing to enroll, continuing to teach students. So interesting update. Yeah. And then on a more positive note, your story interviewed Lambda School's CTO Namrata Ganatra, who started a small startup in India and since has now worked with Microsoft, Facebook and PayPal. In her new job at Lambda School, she builds out the technology behind the Lambda platform and says, quote, this is exactly the school that I would have myself gone to. And you can listen to the whole interview at your story. And then Rosalie Chan from Business Insider published a pretty controversial piece in October with a quite heavy headline. It's this is the entire headline. Lambda School is Silicon Valley's big bet on reinventing education and making student debt obsolete, but students say it's a cult and that they would have been better off learning on their own. That's a long title. That is an insane title. You know, this article has a lot of competing individual opinions, so I'll kind of let people read the entire piece if they want to. Um, But essentially, the claim from some students is that expectations at Lambda are unclear and the curriculum is lacking. Um, Sounds like a lot of growing pains. Uh, What I see is that, you know, from the very beginning, Uh, Austin and the entire Lambda School team has kind of pitched Lambda as the solution to a lot of things, student debt, the shortcomings of other boot camps, et cetera. And when you come out of the gate like that, there are going to be people who say that you're not living up to expectations. But some of those claims in this article are quite serious and something I think any educator would want to address. Um, I'll be interested to see what happens here because like Lambda School is part of CIRR and according to their reporting, 61% of Lambda School students were employed 90 days after graduation, and that goes up to 86% within 180 days. So, you know, we talk to people who have gotten jobs at Lambda School after graduating, um, but, you know, when you're doing something big and trying to teach a lot of students, I think these types of 
complaints are bound to come up. So we've got to pay attention to it. Totally. I think, you know, with all of these boot camps, anyone considering any boot camp needs to do their due diligence, do as much research as you can, read reviews, try and talk to previous students if you can, and just make sure it's the right option for you. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that people kind of said in this article, which is very largely negative, is that, you know, people do really well at Lambda if they had some experience or it taught themselves some coding before they got there. So that could just be something to keep in mind. All right. Okay. So Imogen, we added a few new schools to course report this month in October. Do you want to run through all the schools that we added? Yeah, so we added MCC Code School, which is in Fort Omaha, Nebraska, Carleton University Coding Boot Camp, which is in Ottawa, Canada, Tabit Coding Boot Camp in Munich, Germany, SV Academy, an online business development boot camp, Udacity Nanogrees, which offers numerous online programs, Lighthouse, a coding boot camp in Atlanta, Georgia, Codery, a coding bootcamp in London, UK, and Practicum Yandex, an online coding bootcamp. Well, fantastic. Welcome to all of those bootcamps. Welcome to Course Report. And if you've attended any of those bootcamps, go to their school pages and leave them a review. And let's wrap up this episode by talking about our favorite pieces on the blog. Imogen, what was your favorite piece to work on in October? So I really enjoyed interviewing Lighthouse Labs graduate Steve Graves about the final project that he built. We did a online video call. He shared his screen and walked me through the whole project and that video is on YouTube. So apart from the project being awesome, it was a website where you could see which parts of Vancouver were popular or hotspots at any time. It also helped Steve and his teammates land jobs when they graduated. A recruiter was at the Lighthouse Labs demo day and contacted them for job interviews right after. So Steve gives some great tips for people on how to build a final project that will stand out and demonstrate their abilities. Really good advice. Very cool. And then Liz, what was your favorite piece in October? Well, I got to interview Catherine Louie, who is a technical recruiting manager for Accenture. Her She recruits with a focus on diversity and inclusion. You probably know Accenture as this like huge consulting company, but they actually also partner with Hackride Academy to hire women specifically. And one of their goals is to reach gender parity by 2025. So far, they have hired five graduates of Hackbright, so all women, into their technology and consulting development programs. And I got to ask Catherine all about like what she looked for in new hires, why bootcamp grads stand out to her, and what they work on once they actually get to Accenture. So yeah, a great piece for students who are wondering what types of bootcamp or sorry, what types of jobs they could get when they graduate, and also for other employers because she has some good advice on hiring bootcampers. Yeah, I love that piece, and she she was just so full of praise for, for Hackbright and their students. So absolutely a great testimonial for the school for sure. Yeah. They have a great partnership. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Imogen for bringing bootcamp news to the masses every month for the last like three years, I think. How long have we been doing this podcast? I mean, it's probably almost four years Almost four. Now. But yeah, thanks for being such an awesome 
co-host. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, thanks to listeners for tuning in. I will see you next month on the November Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And as always, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. Bye. Bye. <laughs>